0: Welcome to the Culture Surfing Podcast. This is your host slash founder of the Culture Surfing Podcast, Lance Robertson. We got great news today. I got a new co-host. Uh, before I introduce this man, there are some things I need to, uh, that need to be addressed. Obviously, No Air Neva was my former co-host. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Culture Surfing will be moving on without him, but we do bless all his contributions that he made thus far to the podcast. Uh don't worry guys. We're still like best friends. But my guy's uh my guy's baby just turned one not too long ago. So and there's a lot of other things that that he's doing like uh outside of podcasting in terms of his career that he needs to focus on his family. So I mean it's not like we're getting paid a lot of money for this. So hey go and go and make that bread for your family, my brother. But uh I got great news. I I do have this uh, this lovely gentleman uh we've met on locker room app and I mean we've shared some nice conversations on basketball, culture, uh hip hop. So it honestly like it just he just fits well with this and and uh he recently did like a uh a uh, music uh draft that I, I really liked his picks. So I was like, Yeah, I'm I'm messing with his picks. So I think uh he'll gel well with us uh but no further ado, one fourth of the hoops Avengers. The best Ray-Ban seller on Twitter, Zeke Agunga. What's going on, man? (laughs) How you doing today?
1: Thanks. Thanks, Lance. I'm good, man. And by the way, screw Ray-Bans. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse or not, so we're just going to say screw. No,
0: you can cuss. I mean, we're not going to be dropping like HBO
1: level F-bombs, but you can curse. Yeah, fuck Ray-Bans for that, you know. (laughs) They (laughs) compromised my account. I know Ray-Bans didn't do it, but like shout out to that... um, Shout out to the person who compromised me from California. We love you, man. You still you still ain't shit, but I mean, yeah. Um, Lance, I didn't know that you liked my picks. I, I was upset because people were giving me like a lot of people were telling me that I got third place, and I was like, really? Third place? Like what did I do?
0: I at the time I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm messing with his picks because I was like, I was I, I kind of came in late in the draft, but. I was like, "Why is such and such going so freaking low? Like, what is going on?" And you were kind of picking up on the guys that that was like, okay, or not the guys, but you know, the artists that that were kind of left to be forgotten or something. I was like, okay. Well, he's cleaning up, and and I don't know. I, like I said, I just appreciate your conversation, man, and and uh, I, I feel like we connected more than just uh, sports, and that really goes far for me. So I was like, uh, I don't know how busy this gentleman is, but. I'll be honest, man. Running this shit by myself, it's not easy, man. Like, behind the scenes, it's it's not that hard for me because I'm, I'm good at, like, connecting and networking with people. But in terms of just doing a show by yourself, I am not calling a coward. I, can, I can't I can do that. I got to have a co-host.
1: I, could, I would imagine, like, it's really hard just, like, talk by yourself, like, to nothing else. Like, it's just to avoid so you can, like, so listeners can hear. Yeah, like, it's,
0: it. it's really just... It's not, I don't think it's – unless you're, like, spitting out, like, legendary, you know, uh, takes and stuff. Other than that, I, I just – there's not that many people that can do it. Like, say, Colin Coward. You can say whatever you want about his takes or whatever. But, like, that guy is definitely engaging uh, with, with himself, mm-hmm. which is crazy. That's hard to do. Um, but no further ado, man. I'm just happy that we were able to do this for some uh, playoff basketball because – it's been so long since uh, I've been able to actually talk analysis. Like, I've had some lovely guests on. Uh, shout out to Miran Fader. You know, she was uh, my last guest. Uh, and, I mean, I'm very happy that she came on. But now I can get back to, like, actually talking about, like, what's going on in the court and some other stuff. But uh, definitely got to give it some playoff action, mm-hmm. man. So, with the uh, opening playoff weekend out of the way, uh, I-, I thought it would be great for us to kind of just – so let off some opinions that we had and, and some takeaways and everything about that. So, first, we'll do our three takeaways from opening weekend, man. Like, what's the first thing that stood out to you uh, postseason-wise?
1: Postseason-wise, the first thing that stood out to me is, man, the Phoenix Suns are legit. <laughs> That's the first thing that, like, caught my eye because, you know, it's hard for me to watch every single game. And then, you know, I told you in the past, like, anytime the Suns would play, it would be, like, when, you know, it's caking hours because, you know, that's when they're playing. They play late. And, you know, when it's caking hours, you got to, like, either focus on the female at hand or you got to just, like, watch the game. And, you know, it's hard to watch the game and trace it. And because sometimes I'll have to – if they do play early, right, luckily if they do play early, if they're in the East Coast time frame, Because the Suns were so good, I would be in the locker room, being watch parties, and it would be so hard to track everything that's going on. But when I watched it, I loved Chris Paul's offensive uh, balance of what he did. Like, it's it's as if, like, they needed him so much. And the way how they were, like, playing against the Lakers with Chris Paul there, it was just, like, running them out the gym. And then when he got injured, I was like, oh, man, I don't know how this is going to work with Devin Booker because... I Sometimes I feel like people criticize me because I'm not on the, like, Devin Booker, like, fan club. I do respect him. I do like his game offensively. But I feel like if he's not scoring, he doesn't do anything elite anywhere else. And I guess that's the problem with me is it's, like, when I judge players, I judge them within an archetype. And I feel like if that archetype isn't – if you're not the cream of the crop of that archetype, then how can I really, like, you know – Sit there and like fall in love with you standing, and I I don't really stand much players anyway. So, but the thing is, what I
0: I don't blame you for that, man. Uh he, It's not like he ever went to the playoffs before. Uh, th- I always mention this, but the contrived seventy points he scored, where it was kind of it was really forced near the end of the game, where they it wasn't an organic mm-hmm. seventy. Uh, but no, nah, man, like I completely agree with what uh, with what you're saying in, in terms of like the sun's just looking like a different monster now with LeBron kind of, I know he has his infamous feel out games where he kind of just doesn't necessarily set the tone. The first game of the series, he kind of sees where the other team is at. Also AD was just like walking out in the middle of the abyss. Like we don't know what he was doing, letting eight just overpower him and outplay him, which I never saw happening. Cause I really thought at no point was Aiton going to be like a strong point for the Suns. Yeah.
1: I, and he looked darn good. I kind of view it more of the fact that, like, it's a – like, before we start overreacting, right, let's preface to say this was game right. one. No, like, uh, it's, it's game one. It's, it's not over it's, at yeah. all, especially with Paul's injury exactly. pending. Exactly. Like, it's just game one. But I would think that mostly him playing the four is not a good idea in this matchup. Because when you're putting out Drummond out there for – for tons of moments it's destroying offensive spacing and then even defensively like what they thought he would be which is supposed to be like this cheat code who could like you know play help defense and then slide on his feet laterally it's it's not working you know instead it's messing up anthony davis for his benefit in terms of like him getting offensive rhythm and stuff of that nature um but i don't think it'll last anytime soon that's the point of the playoffs Game one is usually a feeler game for both sides, most notoriously LeBron. And that's when the coaches do their thing. You know, that's when you see the value of a good coach. And uh, I'll I'll say this, um, the Suns coach, I do not know why it's not hitting in my head exactly right now, but I saw some offensive plays. Monty Williams. Monty Williams had some offensive plays. I was just like, oh, wow, these are really creative. Like, he didn't just get the, you know – your team won X amount of games and you got the star player transaction to make you look good. Right. He actually did the work because some of the play calling that he did to allow Devin Booker to get like open reads for people or himself was one of the best I've seen all in the playoffs. That was like, to me, the, like the best game that we have seen and probably the better series that we should look out for this whole, this whole um, first round.
0: Yeah, speaking of uh so this is one of my takeaways. It's uh it's it's kinda in the same realm. The Lakers are not gonna just walk their way through the to the NBA finals this year. And I'm not saying that they necessarily did that last year, although it kind of did feel that way. Uh but they're not as dominant, they're not as cohesive, although defensively I think they still look pretty good. Offensively they, they're just not that well right now. Uh now you could say It's a lot of things. I'm not overreacting because I still think the Lakers are taking this in seven. Uh, But AD just – that's why I can never put AD, like, as a top five player. And maybe that doesn't even matter. Like, maybe it's just the discourse does not matter at all. But, like, it's just how – you are a championship-level player. He He had arguably one of the best uh, postseason performances last season. He looked darn good. He 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 ended up having some pull up threes in his game. He he definitely worked on his game, right, offensively. And and last night it wasn't that his defense was not engaging. He's always defense uh, engaged defensively. But for you to be one of the best players, you need to be. If your offense obviously is not like uh, Luca level or Trey level, like and with his defense, it kind of counterbalances everything. But how are you not engaged, man? That's that's my thing. Ayton is not. Necessarily a defensive stopper. Yeah, he has moments, but he's that's not what he's known for. You, I think you could definitely put him out on an island. And, and yeah, it's
1: it's 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 unfortunate because he he doesn't realize that he's a much better player in the paint in terms of, in terms of his offense. He thinks because you know he he until seventeen he was basically a point guard, right? And then he had that ridiculous growth spurt that turned into what he is today, right? So he kind of still puts himself as a guard, right? And that's why, like, people like to, you know, Lakers fans like to say, oh, he's better than Tim Duncan. It's not because Tim Duncan is bad. It's because you're legitimately getting somebody who is a archip- who comes off to be of the same mold of a Tim Duncan, but then can, like, dribble between his legs and hit a, like, a sidestep three-point shot, right? The problem is, how, how consistent is he at that? Not not the most consistent right he's you know for his position he's consistent but like if you were to compare it to the rest of the league it's not that consistent you wouldn't want him to do that often and it's unfortunate because when he has games like this it shows off like why like you want him to be the five and you want him to bang you want him to get clean up stuff you want him to take those mid-range jump shots you don't want him to just do his weird like post-ups that are like in the mid range rather than like him actually getting into the restricted zone and start doing stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's frustrating, but that's always been the knock on him that if you just uh, push back on him, he, he will start to like fold like a tent, but, you know, obviously that is not consistent because he usually plays up to the part, like, you know, Look at last year. The Rockets they threw PJ Tucker on him game one, he didn't look too good. After that, through two two five. He made sure to eat them alive, you know. So it's 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 just it's just a blip. It won't be a trend. It's it's Aiton. This Aiton we're talking about. This is not a defensive savant.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I have more faith in AD being consistently like elite than A uh, than Aiton being passable as a playoff center against, like, one of the best bigs in the game. So, yeah, like I said, don't want to do too much Monday overreacting, but that's definitely something to look at. Uh, With Chris Paul's injury, I don't want to go too much into this topic anymore, but the Chris Paul injury definitely is a factor. If he's not good to go, I saw how they played as soon as he got off the court those two times. It didn't look that great. I mean, they were giving up pretty nice runs
1: after he got out so but shout out to cam reddish though no not not cam reddish cameron Payne. cameron Payne. shout out to cameron Payne because
0: yeah we, we have to shout him out because he was borderline out of the league at one point and then he just found himself in phoenix so and he was doing him.
1: a damn good job just like you know just keeping the rotation alive you know like just quarterbacking you know mm-hmm. not doing too much just game managing and you got to give him to that. And Devin Booker, like I said, I'm not crazy about his passing ability, but it was good enough. It was good enough to survive. And so shout out to them. That was a gutsy win. The only thing I did not like about that game was the LeBron flops. Like, I, I, I do feel bad about the way he got grabbed in the arm by Chris Paul, but all of that was just too much. <laughs> it was
0: too much. Yeah. I had to kind of like check myself cuz I was kind of getting a little irritated. I got pretty upset when we were in that group oh, chat Oh really cuz I was just like this is ridiculous man. like it and it's not even just the LeBron thing it was everything surrounding like I was just like what is going on it, like, it felt like a WWE antic or not an antic but just a scene like
1: you mean like how everybody stormed the court right
0: That cuz I was like what are we doing and and it was even like the storming the court thing wasn't even it wasn't even really based upon what Chris Paul and LeBron did. It was everything outside of it. It it's, looked like, like with the Montrez yeah. and the pain and the, career. I I was just like, guys, this is stupid. Like now, playoff basketball is intense. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even mad about that. I just and like I don't want to get on my officiating soapbox because that's not what I'm here <laughs> to do today. So I I kind of want to move around. But there was also a lot of stuff that was called that I was like, I was like, God, just let them play on, man, and let's keep it moving.
1: I'll say this much. I'll say this much. The part that made me laugh the most before we moved the topic is how like when Chris Paul and LeBron like had their dust up, Chris Paul just looked at him laying around and squirming, picked him up. And then like while everything is going on, LeBron goes and like goes around in front of like the whole hoopla and then decides to start limping. I'm like, Jesus Christ, get the fuck out of here, man. It's
0: <laughs> all gamesmanship, I mean, like, It's all gamesmanship.
1: Like, like, but, like, what level – how much is that is gamemanship and how much is that being an attention whore? Like, how much is that wanting attention on yourself?
0: All right, so I don't want, like, the – like, Siobhan Shra- Shra- Shravan- to come in here and get all mad somehow that like, you keep talking about LeBron. <laughs> but this is all I'll say, man. We know what kind of player LeBron is. He's very theatrical. That's fine. But everything else around that was just ridiculous, man. So, uh, yeah. what uh Name another takeaway that you had, man, because there was plenty to be had uh, this past weekend. Like, what what else uh, stuck out to you?
1: Another thing that stuck out to me is the '76s wizard Series is something that I, as watching it, I wanted to gouge my eyes out. It was not; it's not pretty to watch. Now, it's not a bad series by definition. It is not. Right? It's a very competitive series, right? But here's one thing I, I thought to myself as I was watching. Is the 76 is real? Now, what I mean by this is not that their defense isn't real and that their three point shooting is real, isn't real either, right? It's more of like poise from a team that's contending, right? Are they just a mediocre team that just wins a lot, or, or, or do they just play down to their competition? because that series is not a series that you should be struggling with to like, really like, it's the Washington Wizards. Like seriously, it's the Washington Wizards. Like, what are we doing? Like, dispatch them to the shower room already. Like, like, you know, you put Matisse on, um on Russ. Russ, Russ was in jail the whole game. I mean, he had some moments. But mostly he was in jail because you're throwing Tybalt, right? Like, you, I saw, um, what's his name again? Um, uh, the one that everybody makes fun of and call him, like, poor man's mellow. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember his name again. Um, he's he's the guy with the back contract, but he's been playing well. But on, Tobias Harris? Him. Yes, Harris, right? Hey, Devin he's Harris. had a really good
0: year, man. That's why I hate it when people talk shit about him. He's had a really good year. And he's had hey, yeah,
1: good star years. Yeah, he's had good years. I guess people just call poor man's mellow for the memes. But uh, I mean, but he scored 30. He scored over 30 and he was hot. Scored like, 36, right? Yeah. He was hot. He was hitting every three from spot-ups. He even got hot enough to like go. Like literally, use a screen, do a snake dribble, shoot a fade, a, shoot a like a a mid range, and then even got into the rack and did a euro step, which is something you did not see from him, right? But like, because he usually operates just by his jump shooting, so you know they had that, and they had seth Curry go off, and it still felt like they had to like dig deep enough to win. And it makes me say this, like, yeah, I understand the Sixers have the easiest route. But there's something to be said here. Is this them playing down in competition or is this really who they are? Like this team that just plays hard enough to win. But, you know, deep down inside, these wins aren't really anything to talk about. Like they're not dominant.
0: The thing is, it was just too close. Like I was expecting Philly to wipe the floor with them. And honestly, uh, the first two quarters, Washington led, you know. Mm. And and I know uh, overall Simmons had a great overall game 15 points 15 uh, rebounds or i'm sorry 15 assists 15 rebounds but he only had like six points and he he went zero for six from the free throw line so it's like if he just needs to get it together a little bit more they need to find a way to get him going in transition because that's usually where he's most dangerous but Mm -hmm. i don't know man i i I still think it's going to end in five i think philly's gonna to get it together I think Embiid's just – remember Embiid got into foul trouble big time in the first half, so I think that's the main reason why it was so close. And Westbrook Mm -hmm. is going to be Westbrook. Look, he had some bright moments, but Beale has to look at him and be like, look, man, let me have the ball in the last stretches of the game. Thank you for your motor forgetting this here, but my calm storm needs to be what finishes the game because – there's just way too many moments where Westbrook like went up for a layup and turned the ball over somehow because it went off of him, or that moment where he stepped out of bounds like uh, going up the court. Like, that one
1: just... was uh, that was unfortunate.
0: It <laughs> was very unfortunate. But, like, but that is just like I don't know, man. He's just not in control. Like, and and it's I hate brand for that. us.
1: It's unbrand for yeah. us for that type of turn. And, and people
0: like when we're in our chat room, you know, the locker room chat room, like people really think I'm just, I hate, I don't hate Russ. I just, I see his game for what it is. I just don't see how that translates to like deep playoff success. Cause you need someone that's not as hectic, man, but I don't want to talk too much about uh, Westbrook cause that's not what I'm here to do. Uh, yeah. Did you have anything else to say about that series before I, uh, before I do one of my uh, takes?
1: How uh, Since when did Robin Lopez turn into a post Jesus? Like he hey, man, that little ugly hook that him. he
0: has is, is money damn near. I mean, it might be cheap change, but it hits sometimes.
1: Listen, I don't know what Russ does when he gets to a new team, but it feels like every team he goes to, the big man just knows how to just, like, beat up people in the paint and look good for, like, stretches. Because their big man rotation before the season started, I would have never said anything about it, but their big man rotation is so valuable. Like with those two K like dump my player, my um, dump passes where you follow the guy. Like, you know, there's those cheap assist moves you do. Like for some reason Russ does that and then those centers are so productive. Like Daniel Gafford is a problem. Yeah, Robin Lopez. And then Alex Lynn looked like Shaq the other night in the plane. So like, uh, he had some moments, like, yeah.
0: I really think it's just uh I don't know, something it's a it's something about Westbrook. I think Westbrook and big men. Although he does take a lot of rebounds away from the big men, they're mm-hmm. still involved. So I think they appreciate that. Yeah.
1: And so
0: maybe they like to go to war form a little bit more because he incorporates them, even if it is taken away somewhat. Their individual numbers are still involved. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is, dude. But yeah, I, I still. Th- I'm just gonna say I, I still think it's going in five. What about you? Um, Sixers that series.
1: It's it's those type of series are hard to call because the Wizards aren't really good at anything. They just, they just have two stars that really play hard. Right. And, and, and that the guys sometimes can come out and play. But the thing is, is that when you're dealing with a team with a Sixers that their coach is known for like having his teams played in the competition. He has multiple three, one uh gaffes. You don't know. And then you also tie in the fact that you've got a team that's, Offensively inept to some, some to you know, to some extent. Not saying that they are to the field, but I'm just referring to like the elite. Like, eh, it can, I could see them win in five, but I can also see them win in six. Right? I just don't think they're going to lose to the Wizards, but it, it's going to be one of those series that you're like, "Damn, why do you live like this?" As you're watching the game, like, "Why are you like this, man? I don't, I didn't come to watch this." <laughs> you know what I mean? So speaking of coming not to
0: watch this, uh, I think LA fans were sorely disappointed when Mavs went into Clipperland and beat them in the way that they did, despite one of the best playoff dunks in quite some time by Kawhi. Yeah, Uh, that's 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 one of my uh, takeaways, man. Is why like when people pick the Mavs win over the Clippers. It's seen as such a hot take and such a disrespectful statement to the clip. What have the Clippers done now individually? Yes, Kawhi deserves respect, but as this team, what have they done to be like? Okay, nah, I don't see any way the Mavs can beat them. When I know regular a hot take, who talking a hot take? No, like like uh, Jalen Jay Williams or Jason Williams, you know, for ESPN after the game was like. Ma I got Mavs, and he and then Jalen Rose is just like beside himself. I'm- and it's not just that; it's it's other people. But I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say the Mavs are definitely winning the series. Okay. But the Clippers are just, and they're still a really good team. And they they just shot poorly from the three. But for a team that, ever since you know the whole Clippers versus Mavs thing in the regular season a couple years ago, where they did pretty much torment Luka, although he was a I mean he was like second year player, so obviously he's not he hasn't really played with them mu- against them much, you know, Paul George and Kawhi, some of the best perimeter defenders. But now it seems like he's just so comfortable that it doesn't matter what they throw out at him. Like Tyron Lu is talking about, oh, you're gonna see a lot more Kawhi on Luka. Kawhi has been on Luka. It's not like he hasn't guarded him, it's just Luka gets the switch that he wants with Zubach. And he goes to work, but I've also seen him go to work on Paul George. Like it's nothing. But the whole—I
1: don't think that the cold put Paul George or Kawhi Leonard is going to do anything. I think they need to just start hedging hard and try to like rotate fast on defense to stop Luca and and pray. You know, I I, I don't know because those types of series is like you wait and see what Game Two happens, right? Because you don't know if that was a regression. You don't know if the, the the Mavericks played hard, just played harder than the Clippers, or the Clippers just was, or this is like the Clippers just dread that Dallas Mavericks matchup. You don't know. That's well, what they do. They,
0: they don't dread it, dude, because they went out of their way to tank that last game. So they now you could say that they did that more so to play L, not play L.A. in the second round, right? Because that's yeah. why they wanted that seating. But still that. Is a consequence of doing that. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't think you're going to stop Luca. That's why I hate this whole narrative of, Oh, they're going to do this. You're not stopping. Luka. It's about stopping him from really just facilitating is what you need to worry about. Like, cause he's going to mm-hmm, yeah. get his, he's going to get his cause he can get, he's such a professional. He gets to any spot on the floor. I think it's more so about is Finney Smith, you know, going to go off like he did last game is T.H.J. is known <laughs> to kind of uh fuse out sometimes. Although this year, I think he's about as confident he's ever been in his Man, career.
1: Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a windshield wiper. He is a mess to society because I swear to God, anytime I see him play on TV, he literally can just get the ball, go on transition, shoot a three off transition and just walk backwards and it goes in. You're like, how are you doing this? Like, like sometimes I feel like he drinks Michael Jordan's secret stuff and go out and play. As long as as long as, long as the game is televised, he's gonna play out of his mind. <laughs> you no, know he he stepped his
0: game up in like. I know a lot of people know him for his threes, but this year I've seen him attacking the rim a lot more. Like I've yeah. never seen him do so many breakaway dunks that I've seen from this year. Like since mm. his time, you know, his two or three years with the with the Mavs. But, yeah, that's that's my thing, man. Like, the Clippers don't deserve championship respect. Do they deserve respect? (laughs) Maybe so, but not championship-level respect to where, like, they're the Lakers where I can just expect them to go to the finals. I just don't – like, after what they did last year and how – don't get me wrong. Like, they look pretty good at certain stretches, like, of the game, but I think that was more Kawhi than anybody. Paul George missed his, like, first six shots. He started teetering off early. Uh Marcus Morris, I don't think, is ever gonna look like that again in this series. He didn't look that great. But mm-hmm. well, yeah, come on. St- stop it with I know people like to hate Luka because sometimes people are just so unbearable with the Luca love, which I understand. Yeah. But like give it up, dude. The clips have done nothing to deserve championship respect, man. They're still paper champions for all I'm concerned. Still gonna be a long series, but. I mean, no, let's let's stop the buffoonery and act, stop acting like, you I, I, I know. think
1: the issue is here, right? Because I was one of the people that picked the Clippers over the Mavs. And it was mostly because last year, right, the Mavs had an unprecedented offense, right? They broke offensive charts. They didn't have much of defense, but their offense was just so damaging that literally, like, the Clippers had no idea what to do with it. And even though it was Luka's first playoff, Luka was just torching them, right? This team, you know, during the, the offseason coming into this season, right, they decided to move it to defense, and they have no defense, and their shooting is no longer what it was the year prior. So when you put it into that context, it was like, eh, I don't like the Clippers, but damn, I'm not sure what's going to happen, right? So I think that's what it is, but seeing what happened, you you probably get a lot of people changing their minds, but I still think the Clippers got this in, like, six, you know? But, like, l- listen, it's going to be hard fought for them because if Luka is driving what they're doing, they're still driving and doing what he's doing, and Dorian Finney-Smith remembers how to dribble and get to the rim, <laughs> which is something that, like, you don't see too often, you know? You know, you, you probably... You gotta you gotta punch his chance. Dallas fans gotta punch his chance. So I don't know. But I, I again I feel like Ty Lu cannot hold a candle to Rick Carlisle when it comes to adjustments. Rick is Rick may get slandered a bit because, you know, his ways of doing things is a bit antiquated, but Rick is still one of the top five coaches in the league. He's somebody that literally can like he literally goes in the playoffs and says Oh, that's nice. And then he just rides a play on the board and says, "Deal with it." Like he literally likes to come in and just make people's lives a living hell in the playoffs. So, I believe in the Dallas Mavericks. It, it's there. This is something that this is going to be one of those series where you're going to be like, "Oh, this is this is an interesting one."
0: Yeah, uh, I we're probably going to be talking about this series a little bit more uh, later in the episode, a little uh, shortly. Uh, did you have anything else that uh, that you saw from this past weekend that you wanted to touch on before we move on oh, to the next?
1: I want to talk about the 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 the. Why am I forget Atlanta and New York series? Yeah, and or just not even Atlanta New York series. I I touched based on you on this earlier. It's like how the floater looks like so valuable in the playoffs, or at least just having an in between game, because it seems like. If you don't have, if your star or like rotational player doesn't have that, it's going to be so hard to like open for like, you know, for the to the floor to open up to get timely baskets when you need it. Because now with everybody shooting threes, defenses are focused on running people off the three-point line. If you can't do anything in the mid-range or between the restricted line, like free throw line to like the paint, then, you know, you're, you're worthless. And what we saw with Ja. With uh, with Utah, with the U against the Utah series, or even the play-in, or what we saw—the
0: floater. Like, oh, the, he had yeah. like two or three that I remember. Yeah,
1: or game. what we, or what we saw with Atlanta and New York, like how, like this dude w- was just literally running into the rim and just shooting floaters. Like he got fouls, but it wasn't even like a free throw fest portray. It was mostly like his, his like his floater game was just impeccable. Just kept on getting them. And even on the New York Knicks side of defense, to stop bleeding, Derek Rose would just run to the paint and just get floaters too. So it was just like, wow, the floater is like a big, big thing.
0: That's a good That's call. That's a takeaway. That's a good call. And, and that series overall, uh, Noe, Noe actually texted me this. Uh, and he was like, man, this New York energy is great. you know, And, we're, and we don't even care for the Knicks. But like you can't <laughs> deny – that their fan base was ready for this for this moment, man. It it really was electrifying. Like I was like, wait, are the sound, you know, the the the, the fake sound effects on? I'm like, no, that's just a straight up, like electricity from from the New York's, uh nick
1: fan base, man. That's
0: that's what's like. That's playoff basketball noise right there. Like I I, guess, I do appreciate hearing that again.
1: I guess that's why they say like um basketball isn't basketball without the New York Knicks. And like usually I push back on them. I'm just like. Fuck the New York Knicks. We don't need them. <laughs> like, basketball still survives without them. You know what but, I mean? But, but that fan base, though, like, they are, for a big market team, that fan
0: base is legit for the most part. That
1: fan base is, like, one of the most legitimate fan bases. When, like, when you see how Golden State went out sad in that elimination game and people just walk away, New York Knicks fans don't do that. Like, I'm happy for them, even though I, I make fun of the Knicks in terms of, like, they're the storied franchise when, like, historically, I, I don't see what's so great about them. Probably, like, the people who care about them are in their, like, mid thirty late 30s or forty. But, like, I'm 29. I, I Most of the time when I saw them, they they were losing. The last time they were, like, really good, my the Rockets beat them twice, you know? So, like, no, not twice. Once. Once. So, it's just, like, I just don't see any value in the Knicks. But, like, yeah, the Knicks are a legit uh, fan base. I'm happy for them. And um, I hope that they are able to get Tibbs to adjust his defense because Trey Young, just doing that all the time, it, it, that he screams that uh, you're if you're still doing ice defense, which it doesn't look like it, you're allowing the middle too often. Not good. And um, why aren't you sending double teams at this man? If not double teams, why aren't you hedging hard and rotating back quickly? You have a great defensive team for that. I don't... I, I, listen, they need—they got some fixing to do, and um, that that man child over there on the Knicks—he was awful.
0: Talking about Randall.
1: Yes, Randall looked like he could be handled.
0: I mean, he, statistically, he like killed him in the regular season, so I was not expecting him to to come out. So I don't want to say soft, but like underperform, which I don't really expect that for the rest of the the series.
1: I don't think he was soft. I think he got the first round. Is that his first playoff?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, he got the jitters. Because the way he was playing, it seemed like he was playing out not out of character, but not in rhythm. Like, everything was a rush. Everything was like a fadeaway. Everything. It just seemed like he was overdoing the process so much and just trying and trying and trying. And it kind of made him do some headed stuff right like so i think he'll come back to form you know it's his first playoff you know and, and but it is unfortunate because remember he came out and said you know a playoff game is just no different than a regular season game um i i think after watching that game i think we would say otherwise wouldn't you think well that that's what
0: a person that's never been to the playoffs that's how they would how they would think, but that's okay. He he got he busted his playoff cherry. Uh, we got to mention, uh, this, I mean, it's not like this guy gets mentioned much in uh, in a podcast talk, but Burke, yeah, Burke's from uh, New York Knicks. He really, he really uh came out to ball, man. I gotta yeah, look I it up,
1: Burke but falling.
0: I mean, 27 points off the bench,
1: dude, 60% no, from
0: three. I mean, like, he, he he showed up for sure. And it's crazy, uh, that last shot, I don't know what Tibbs was thinking when he threw it, like, into the post, like, with, what was it, like, 0.9 seconds left. They're just like, you don't throw it in the post with that much time, that little mm. time left because you can't develop it. Because when you throw it in the post, you have to develop something in the post. Right. That's when you just have to throw it at the outside or the mid range and hoist up a shot. You can't throw – to a person that has their back to the basket. That's why I didn't understand. Now, maybe a player didn't execute what Tibbs had, but no, in no instance where you're supposed to throw in the post with a person with their back to the basket. If anything, you throw a desperation lob to the rim and hope for a foul or something. But that's what I'll say about that. Uh, I think it's going to be a very fun series. I still think the Knicks' defense is going to prevail. Uh, I thought it was cute that uh, Trey Young... <laughs> you know, went off. And I I shouldn't say cute. That I I gotta give him his respect. That was an awesome shot. He iced the whole New York City crowd that was telling him "f you, Trey." So as he should, as he yeah, should. Just that's that's what's up, man. I I gotta give him props on that, yeah. but. It's 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 still not up there with Reggie Miller, as some people were saying. It so I'm not gonna say that. Like people are a trying. A lot of
1: these to, people, a lot yeah. of these people are Zoomers, like on Twitter. A lot of people are Zoomers, so they. I they, well, it's because they hate
0: Reggie Miller on uh, TNT, so they're gonna you know try to forget what he did. So
1: yeah,
0: I, I'm gonna leave that alone. But uh, I'm just gonna go straight to it, man. My favorite series is one that we just got done talking about a couple minutes ago, but the Mavs clips, man. Like, there's a lot of cool. Like if. Say if Denver was all the way healthy, I think the Denver-Portland series would have been my favorite. But with so many injuries, I just think it's going to be a – it's not going to be as fun. But this Clips and Mavs has everything. It has history of last year, some rivalry stuff with Marcus Morris and Luka. And And I guess Pat Bev tries to get in there, but he gets sunned way too easily by Luka. You also have the narrative of – uh, of the the foreign guy really dominating these american-bred athletic wings like really what uh i guess how would you would say it prototypical nba players right like
1: yeah
0: kawhi leonard is a prototypical nba player yeah. long wingspan big hands i mean big muscles really big i mean the guy's strong and he's like what six seven six eight like prototypical prototypical nba player also, it's just everything surrounding it, a championship coach versus championship coach, a 4-5 seed, which historically it could go either way. Like, I think that has the makings of, of one of the better series in the first round at least, man. And and to me, whoever wins this series is going to go on to the Western Conference Finals because we'll talk about the Jazz later. But I just – I don't know how much faith I have of them going to the
1: finals this year, man. Oh, wow. Talk- oh, yeah, because we had- we're going to talk about the Jazz later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I mean, well, what, I what's your me. favorite series right now? Well, to like say what you're saying, I don't blame you. You're a Dallas guy, and there's a lot of drama with this. Um, so I, I don't blame you for feeling that way. I think my favorite series out of all the series I've seen, my favorite series is going to be that Lakers Sun series, unless things change. Because if we're going to talk about a series that has history, the Lakers Suns go way back, right? Now 2010,
0: this is not... uh, Western Conference Finals is the last time they faced each other in the playoffs, I believe. So
1: that was big. Yeah, like I don't remember hearing the chance of beat LA in a very long time. Like 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 if we're talking about a crowd that was bumping, it was that Phoenix crowd. Like they were out there. You know what I yeah. mean? Now it was not as loud as um Madison Square Garden because you know that's a little bit that building is old as it, you can't compare it to the valley stick you know the the talking stick arena but man people were loud it was amped and like you saw people like you know like crowding around for a fight there was antics all of that stuff you know what i mean and then it's like the whole lebron versus chris paul banana boat thing like like just going ahead chris paul like finding redemption after like being sent to the gulag and and making them make to the playoffs. Like, it's like so much of that. And as like, Devin Booker, is he gonna show that he's an empty stats player? Is he the real thing? And like, I mean, you and I both know we don't think he's an empty stats player. We just don't think he's what a lot of people claim him to be, right? You, but, you know what I mean? He like, he showed up though. Oh, he, listen, offensively, that man got a bag. He was doing so many things, so many things. That like, like, let me say this. One thing I like about his game is that he's a guy that's like, I get buckets any means necessary. He doesn't care if it's boring or fundamental. He doesn't care if it's flashy. He just gets buckets. Like him and Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, they get points like in gangbusters. But the way they get their points is not even flashy. They just fucking get them. And once you just realize, like, how they get them and what they're willing to do to get them, your value of them goes up. Your valuation of them just goes up. And, um, yeah, I love that. I Zeke, I, I just wanted to
0: input real quick with the Booker. I just I think we need to discuss – I just want to put this in real quick. There was a sequence where he was, like, on the baseline and he had a post-up. And this, I swear, reminded me of a Kobe Bryant play. Yeah, He had that pivot foot. He established his pivot. And he masterfully like faked out the defender and was able to to use his pivot to like get a uh, a forward jump shot at the rim.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it was like straight
0: Kobe Bryant move right there. And and I don't usually do those kind of comparisons much, but that was like straight out of the Kobe Bryant uh, playbook with the feet work, footwork, outstanding dude. That's all. I just have to add that to the the book. No, no,
1: he's listen. He's definitely from the school of Kobe right? I, I feel like a lot of these superstars of today are like Kobe Bryant guys. You don't see a lot of LeBron guys. Even when you're looking at Luka, Luca is more of the Kobe side because Luka looks like a white man's version of James Harden. So is this basically, if you're going to apply that to James Harden, James Harden looked at Kobe Bryant as his lord and savior. So it's just like, a lot of these guys look at Kobe and that's not a problem because Kobe had so much skill and fundamentals he wasn't somebody that can out, I mean, he was smart, right? But he wasn't somebody who outstinks people in the game of basketball. And he wasn't somebody who can play by brute force, right? That's what LeBron excels at. Kobe excels at footwork,
0: his workability,
1: angles, angles yeah. like things like that, you know? So it was this, yeah, Booker had so many plays. Like that play was actually what I was thinking of in my head when I was like, man, that play blew me away. Because it wasn't even like, it doesn't seem flashy, right? Like, if somebody else saw it, I was like, oh, that looks like a grandpa move. But the fact that he had the awareness to still move his pivot foot to get by the guy, to get closer to the rim for like like a layup is just wild, right? Most
0: people travel in that instance. Most people would have messed up their pivot and travel. Like, there's no, like, that was very veteran move by him. So, like, I don't, I don't like to say give flowers because it's not like he's been in the league for that long. But like, yeah, after game one, my eyes are on him. That's all I'll <laughs> say.
1: Nah, my eyes have always been on him. I just feel like I, I said this earlier. I'll say it again. Is it's like you could be in today's NBA, you could be a scorer, but then if you add nothing, if you're not elite at anything else, then That's it's fair. Kind of. It's just, it's just how do we value you as an asset? You know what I mean? That's that's the problem. Because for me, what keeps James Harden and Steph Curry in the top rankings of the Pantheon, of top seven, top five, is that they're not only elite at scoring the basketball, they're Chris um Steph Curry's elite at moving without the ball. So like because of his gravity always constantly running, he's always putting the defense at shell shock, which helps him as a secondary playmaker to create offense for others. Well, James Harden is one of is, is just like in the LeBron camp of things where like his him and Chris Paul are like in the LeBron camp of things where like their passing ability and their chess gamesmanship of offense is so ridiculous like they basically turned the game of basketball upside down. Like they literally can take five guys from the Y, four guys from the Y and him and win 50 games. That's literally the same thing you could say about LeBron, Chris Paul like those guys are just, they make life a living hell for many people. So it's not so much that I'm disrespecting them. It's just that when I look at it like that, if you have to be offensive juggernaut, you have to be that. You have to be those two things, or you have to be like where Kawhi Leonard is, where like be a, a staunchy defender, right? And Booker is neither that, neither those two things. He's just decent. Which is not bad, but you want more. You know what I mean. If you're gonna right. win a championship, you kind of need more. And now that Chris Paul is running around with like one arm, it's gonna be a testament of like how much, cause how much can his playmaking ability like push this team over the top against a LeBron AD team? Because that their calling card is not their offense the calling card is their blitz defense where every time if you're in the corner, they're going to send a double team at you and just muck things up. So that's the thing. But that is my favorite series so far. The series is going to get better. Even if, the, even if Chris Paul doesn't come back, that history will come back. Like it's going to be complete, utter theater.
0: We need Chris Paul to come back too. Cause if it, if he does it, I'm sorry, that thing is going out and, Nah, I don't want to say five, but it could go out in five if Chris Paul don't come back. They, yeah, they if Chris Paul don't there.
1: Yeah, if Chris Paul don't come back, then it's gonna be it's gonna be sad
0: because his presence. Because I think Chris Paul, when he's on the floor with Aiden, Aiden is so much better, and yeah. I don't even think that's a thing to say. Like, I think that's just like a fact. Like he's just so much better when Chris Paul's on the floor. I'll, obviously, Booker has a lot more room to operate. He can do a lot more stuff off ball with Chris Paul on the floor, which that's another thing I love about uh, that I appreciate about Devin Booker is that he can create off ball. Like you mentioned, Curry, there's not a lot of superstar players that, for one, even want to operate off ball, but two, excel in operating off ball. But no, let's just say they need Chris Paul, bro, because if it ain't Chris Paul ain't there, it ain't going to be as cool as – as you imagine.
1: Yeah, it won't be. Because, like, even that game, like, when we're talking about Devin Booker's playmaking ability just being average, like, you saw, like, what it looked like in the beginning before he dialed up. He had four turnovers, like, and that was, like, early in the game. And now we have to be careful with this because it's, it's the Lakers. They make anybody look like silly putty, right? But the problem is, is that you're going against the Lakers, you have to be tight as possible. We no room for error with through. that
0: defensive squad
1: right there. No room. Right. So that's that's another reason why we need Chris Paul back. And, yeah, man. And Aiton, like, we gave him credit for, like, bothering Anthony Davis. But Aiton, he did ball out. But Aiton, Aiton needs to tighten up too. Because Aiton, I've noticed when we would watch the game, is, like, he's not quick at getting the ball and passing out when double teams come. And he doesn't have good hands. His hand, He has Butterfinger hands. He passing the ball, the ball can like fall out and all types yeah, of stuff. Yeah,
0: that's it's why fun. putting so much stock in a, a center that's never been in the playoffs before, that is kind of scary. But I agree that that series is probably going to be one of the – that's the only series that I have going seven games of the whole playoffs. So – yeah, I do think it's going to be a great series just because of the Chris Paul and LeBron theater alone is going to
1: make it fun. <laughs> the amount of flopping, the amount of calling yeah. for like yeah. the amount of it. lobbying for calls is going to yeah. be madness. It's going to be entertaining, but like meant for like so many memes and gifs. So, like, can you imagine like just off that LeBron play where he like you know the one we were referred to earlier where he just like he fell down with the arm and then he went in front of like the fighting. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, that that video of him winning an Oscar was hilarious.
0: What else is hilarious? It's the jazz losing uh, game one. <laughs> I know Andre Mitchell wasn't there, man, but like I thought they could get it done. Uh, it's unfortunate, but go bear got into foul trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there's a lot of uh, players getting into foul trouble, but the go bear getting into foul trouble was the biggest. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think the Jazz take this series, man. But for them dropping game one, with everyone already slandering Utah, because people just don't like that team, and I think a yeah. lot of it is warranted, but there is some that's just kind of like, it's Utah, so no one really cares. Yeah,
1: it's not fair. Uh,
0: but then Mitchell leaking out that report. Uh, it's uh, uh, It was Tim McMahon, and there was another uh, reporter that was involved. Forgive me for not uh, – Okay. 100% knowing the other reporter. But Tim McMahon was involved in the report.
1: Shout out to Tim McMahon for being the messiest reporter at ESPN.
0: Uh, he's definitely the most honest reporter, that is for sure. Uh, he doesn't no, he's seem honest, have...
1: but he's messy, though. He loves to be a part of stuff like this.
0: Oh, no, well, yeah, because if uh, on podcasts, when you hear him, he, he loves to talk shit, too. So yeah. I, I definitely can see the correlation. But Mitchell pretty much leaked out that he was upset. And this is a weird this is a weird situation, right, because last year – or the year before, sorry, two years ago, the Warriors, they didn't – I'm not saying they forced KD back, but they let KD come back too soon, right? He hurts yeah. his Achilles, and he's out a whole other year, right? Mm-hmm. But the Jazz are doing the opposite. They're saying, nah, you don't need to play, even though he wasn't on the injury report leading up to the game. Uh-huh. uh during shoot around or before shoot around, Donovan Mitchell said his ankle was fine. He was in no pain. He's ready to go. However, like before before jump ball, or a little bit before jump ball, he's a he's a late game scratch. Yeah. It's kind of weird. He's been out since uh April, I believe it's uh, April 6th, has he's been out. So it's it's not like he hasn't been rested. And it's his ankle, right? So I don't know how long it's been bothering him, but the Jazz. I don't see any benefit of them holding him out during a playoff game, unless it was something really serious because it's a double-edged sword here. Jazz play him. He gets hurt again. Guess what happens? They say, Oh, Utah doesn't care about their players. They let them get hurt They let them play hurt. But then you got Mitchell leaking stuff out to the media not, not being happy. Now he's since been uh, reported to being, uh, being able to play game two, but like, I'm just reading these reports, and then the the way the teammates are reacting, oh, I don't know, go ask Mitchell, you know, oh, or then uh, Gobert said it makes my head hurt thinking about this, and I'm like, yeah, it sounded like a very mature way to react to it. <laughs> but it's just, it's very confusing, and for a team that doesn't have that much capital, and uh the nba finals picture like i know they had a, a really good regular season they have a really co- cohesive unit i think they have a an elite coach which personally he is my favorite to win the coach of the year but i think it's going to end up being tibbs which i yeah, wouldn't be mad at but yeah. I, I really think what uh oh my god i am really bl- sorry man i'm blanking on his name why am i blanking on uh quinn snyder Quinn Snyder, yeah. So the Utah Jazz have never finished or haven't finished in the top five in three-point shooting percentage attempts uh, since 1983 or 84. And they are the best three-point shooting team this year. Like, to me, that that does say something in, in coaching because that's not a coincidence that out of nowhere they're just the best three-point shooting team. Uh, so I, I want to say that that's up to him. And then also them being the best in the West, which, uh, I mean, what were they last year? They were what? Three seed
1: or four seed? Yeah, I mean, let me go look it up. All the time, I think they
0: were the three seed, and Denver was a six seed or four and the five. Like either way, they moved up to best in the West. I did not picture that, but that's besides the point. I this whole drama surrounding Mitchell and the Jazz, and then them losing the first game. Like, I just don't understand it, man. Like, what is there to gain from the Jazz? to sit out Mitchell, unless there's something really serious about his ankle. The Jazz were the sixth seed. Yeah, the Jazz were the sixth seed. Yeah. So they went from six to one in the West. Like, that that has to mean something. I know people don't like them. That's fine. Like, Gobert is hard to like. I understand. Gobert fans are hard to like. I understand. Mitchell, I'm kind of hot and warm with him. Uh, but like, what's your take on that series and, and definitely what's your take on uh, the Mitchell comments uh, or the Mitchell report, I should say?
1: Um, my take on the series is usually the same thing I'm going to say again. It's, it's, it's just one game. And there's a trend that we have noticed is that the play, the teams that have been, had to play for the play in are the ones that are most ready to play because it's, it's rest versus rest that is going on. That's like the, that's like the phenomenon that's going on because of the fact they had to play so much to keep their spot. There's less jitters. They're actually more composed. And then also let's, let's be honest, man. Um, John Morant has been the amount of poise that he has shown. He plays like he's not a second year player. He plays like he's more like a five year player. He did that when he was a
0: rookie, just his his attitude, man. Like, his F you attitude, I'm not carrying your bags. You're not going to haze me.
1: Like, I'm
0: already the man here.
1: Yeah, practically. Yeah, like, that guy has been balling. And then Dylan Brooks, he is a menace to society. That dude can come up and win you games, and he can help you lose games. But so far, he has done more of helping them win games, right? And that uh, his overzealous defense, his handsy defense, his physical defense has bothered the opposition heavily. And uh, he has come up with timely, ridiculous baskets. And then Jonas Valanciunas has been pounding away and just creating havoc. <laughs> that was a guy that like the Raptors like sent off to the nether realm because they felt they couldn't win with them. And look at what he does for Memphis now. He's just literally mucks up games. Like, he mucks up games. Like, shout out to him. I mean, they – He's a player from the yesteryear. Yeah, he's a player from the yesteryear. And, like, honestly, like, they have – I'm going to give them more credit than it is to laugh at the Utah Jazz for, for losing as the number one seed, right? It didn't look – it didn't look good. But Utah being the number one seed team they are, they did fight back and the game got close It's just that it came back too late the series would change if mitchell was there but the thing is mitchell's not there he's just been confirmed to play again but the mitchell jazz talk is pretty interesting right um because i think in our group chat not saying names somebody had brought up that mitchell has a tendency of going to the media and getting his points across right and then, I don't know if you saw that tweet thread from, um, I, I can't remember the reporter's name, but, you know, he's a freelancer. Oh, uh, you mean came-
0: the yeah. one that looked like it was fake about the Raptor report, the Raptor stats and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was a joke. Was that not a joke?
1: Uh, it seemed, it seemed It seems clean cheek, man. It, it kind of seems cheap, but it is, it seems interesting, right? I, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it, I'm skeptical of it, right? But. This is what I do remember hearing about Gobert and Mitchell, right? When I would listen to those podcasts and then read around, the more you learn about them, the more you realize that Gobert and Mitchell have personality flaws. And I remember talking about it with other people. I was like, in in private, I said, you know, it's going to be so rough if this matrimony has to end because Mitchell may be the the guy for them, like he's the face of the franchise, but the identity of the Jash is gobert without gobert they're they're nothing right no they they the re- they're, they're, they're the reason why they have the top tier defense right you put Gobert anywhere, you turn them into a top eight defense in the league like that is just what gobert's value is It doesn't matter if he can't score it doesn't matter. he just gets it done he's basically um. He basically echoes the Larry Sanders effect, where you distract, you dis, you dissuade people from wanting to even get close to the basket because of them. There's only a few fearless people that go and do it, right? And um, the problem is now is just that when you put it like this, right? Would you want to have a team with Rudy Gobert that makes two hundred million, or would you rather have a team with an inefficient, undersized shooting guard, right? It's it's rough. But then you also have to put into personality questions. If you did say I don't want Mitchell anymore and you wanted to keep Gobert, I don't think Gobert is very liked in the league amongst his. Oh, uh, you you. Uh,
0: I don't even think you have to say you don't think. I bet you know he's not very liked. You can just tell by the way that people operate. Like the All Star voting, with how LeBron and KD talked about them, like it's quite. I, and you can argue that KD and LeBron spoke for the rest of the players and, the, like, the relevant players in the league. and It doesn't seem Mitchell and, and Gobert respected at all.
1: Well, I think Mitchell's more respected than Gobert, but even, even – don't you remember, like, a few years ago when um, Gobert had that thing where he, like – he got very emotional and said he thought – he told his mom he was going to make the All-Star game, and he didn't. And then you got, like, Iggy and Draymond – and Lou Williams, and they all basically told him, like, shut up, you sissy, like, <laughs> with yeah. with their tweets, like, you know. And then I remember, like, him, like, I don't remember. I think it was an expose that um, ESPN ran. I don't remember who wrote it, right? But it was talking about how Rudy Gobert is very – he lacks self-awareness. He's very into himself. He's very uh, – oh, We know he lacks self-awareness. We, we he, know what he did last year. I mean yeah. – He's like he, he likes to run around and just be like, you know, me, 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 me all the time, like he's somebody that needs to be coddled. It it's 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 a problem and it, it's unfortunate because if Gobert and Mitchell cannot patch this up, Gobert more than likely the Mitchell when it comes down to his Hall of Fame, and I know people don't want to hear that talk yet, but when that happens, he's gonna end up being a homeless person similar to like what happened to Camilla Anthony and Chris Paul. Because when you look at what look at like their personality issues, because of when it's time for their Hall of Fame ballots, you won't know where they're going to retire. Wow. Wait, what do you, you mean? Like what team is gonna say what do you mean? Where are they going to retire? Like what As team? In, is, which, which team are they going to retire their jersey number one? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Campaign?
0: Okay, all right, that makes sense. Because I'm about to say, I know Chris Paul is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, no, I'll, no, I'll he's gonna to...
1: he's gonna be a first. Oh, no, 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 these guys are. Yeah, yeah like because okay. like look I feel at how now. he look how he left New Orleans. He left New Orleans for good reason because they weren't building a good team, right? But he said, "I want out." He left. He went to the Clippers. You know how that went? It died. You see how that went in Houston. It didn't go well, you know, and look at Camille Anthony. They literally gave up his jersey to Jokic. Jokic wears his number, even though he's, you know, it's sad. So, like, look at the Knicks. He wasn't really that great for the Knicks, even though he, he did bring them back to life. But you can also make the argument that he sapped out the potential that they had because they traded off a litany of all those players off for him so it is it is what it is I think personally that um I'm not I'm sorry to go like overboard and overthink but I think that they find a way to get through it Mitchell said he's gonna come back I don't think they particularly resolved it but I think it will be fine enough and winning cures all things right if Mitchell comes back plays healthy and all that stuff then this is nothing more than rambling
0: oh yeah I still think Utah's gonna win the series man I just think this is the abs- – and this is why I think the Jazz have horrible timing. This is the absolutely worst timing to have something like this occur. Game one of of the playoffs for you. Like That's, that's why I read too much – why I'm reading into it. Uh, it's just bad timing. And I, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to win. I think the Grizzlies are going to put up a great effort because uh, defensively, I think that team is pretty impressive considering how young they are. And John Morant at the helm is – I mean, he knocked out Stephen Curry. Or the play in. So that man's got my undivided attention. He's got all my respect. Like I don't even want to call him a kid, even though he's like way younger than me. But that that guy's got it. Yeah. He's got the juice. And uh before we get out of here, uh I just want to say Zeke, I'm I'm happy to have you on, man. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna influence me to think other ways about the game. Uh I do appreciate you do have a little bit more X's and O's in you than I do, so I, I like to to learn. I've, I've been trying to learn about the X's and O's because it kind of helps you understand the game more. But also, you as a person, man, I'm looking forward to to meshing with you on this pod. Um, before I uh, before we get out of here, I got a couple things to say. Um, I usually don't do this, but I did have a very close childhood friend pass away uh, last Sunday. Uh, I am going to the funeral on Thursday. I don't. The reason I'm saying this is uh, I'm going to put her GoFundMe for the funeral expenses uh, in the. I'm gonna link it into uh, the description. So, anybody that's kind enough to any donation that you put forth will will definitely help. It doesn't matter how much. Uh, the family will deeply appreciate it. But uh, I just want to say uh, rest in paradise to Clavon Sepulveda. Definitely going to miss you. And I can't wait to pay my respects to you on Thursday. Um, Other than that, uh, you know, please, 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 uh, in regards to Culture Surfing Podcasts, we need some ratings. We need some reviews. Tell us what we can do better. Tell us what you like. Tell us how terrible my takes are. Tell me that you appreciate my takes. (laughs) Tell me what you think about uh, Zeke uh, being in on the pod now. Shout out to all the gentlemen and ladies in the locker room group that we have on Twitter. Shout out to the Hoops Avengers. I I probably will end up uh, listening to y'all's show later on, Zeke, that you got. Uh, But, Zeke, go ahead and plug away your Twitter. We need to get your followers up.
1: Plug away anything you got working. Just go ahead, man. The floor is yours yeah all right so you know today um, we're gonna have a locker room show I, I think we changed the time so it used to be 5 30 now it's we're moving it ahead to 6 30 um i my, my co-host has to work but you know the point is is that you always find us in the afternoon no in the evenings uh every tuesday and thursday um it's a fun intelligent hoop show and we, we, it's just fun it's fun as vibes we talk a lot of shit but it's it's usually good shit it's nothing nonsensical right and um as for my uh Twitter, follow me at uh I changed my Twitter actually. It's no longer made at HTX. So it's it's just Zeke. So it's I T Z uh E E. No, E-K-E. No, no, it's I T Z J-U-S-T-Z-E-K-E. It's just Zeke, right? Follow me on Twitter. Was, I'm a depressed Rockets fan. Um I definitely need my fans back. I, I need my followers back, Ray Bans uh went and uh hacked my account and started selling everybody fake ray-bans you know so like i guess they turned my twitter account into like the guy who like you know the sneaker man on the street that comes out with a bunch of like fake stuff in his trunk so yeah i had to save my account so yeah definitely follow yeah you
0: definitely had uh that account definitely made you feel like the dude that's selling uh socks in the bus vibes that's what it looks like. Like the, the guy that sells socks in the train and the dart rail. That's what that's what that uh, when you got hacked, I was like, ah, I'm afraid to even click it because I'm about to get hacked. But uh, once again, it's this is Culture Surfing podcast. This is Lance Robertson, the founder and Zeke. I want to welcome you to the Culture Surfing family, man. I can't wait to have you on uh, next week. We got something special for you all, as always, with the playoffs.
1: Everybody have a yeah. lovely evening. Be yeah. safe out there.